Are y'all ready? Y'all ready? Father, we just pray right now, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray for all the Christians around the world. Lord God, we lift up every Jewish person, God. Father, the ones that are being persecuted right now. Father, we pray for your holy nation of Israel right now, God. Father, we pray that your hand of protection protects your people, God. Father, we bind up any evilness, any Islamic rattlers, anything that is coming against the Christian faith, Lord God. We bind that up right now in Jesus' mighty name. And Heavenly Father, we pray for the holy city of Jerusalem. We pray to the city where Isaiah and Ezekiel penned their letters that would found the foundation of the Western civilization. Father, we pray for Jerusalem, the same city where King David David danced and brought the ark back home. God, we pray for your holy nation and your holy people, Lord. And Father, we just ask, God, that you have your way at this church. Father, I pray for every soul and every rear end that is sitting in these seats today, God. I pray that when we're done, they're ready. Jesus, we know you're coming back. And we just commit this to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to start reading in verse 3. It says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. They're saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Everybody say, He's coming. Everybody say, He's coming. He's coming, y'all. He's coming. Verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And then he begins, guys, to listen, to, to, to list, starting in verse 5 and 6 all the way down. He starts listing all these things that are going to happen, and I'm going to go back to them. We're going to go back to them. We're going to talk about it. Okay? But, but <clears throat> in those verses, he starts listing all these things that are going to happen, and we'll go back. And then, and then I want you to see what he says. Go down to verse 12. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Amen. Jesus continues to go down through chapter 24. He continues to talk about what we call as Christians the rapture. And he starts talking about the great tribulation. Okay? And then he gets down to verse 32. And he says this right here. He says, now learn... The parable of the fig tree. Okay. He says, now learn the parable of the fig tree. And we don't have time to break down this chapter. Maybe that's another service. But I cannot emphasize to you how important that is to prophecy. This was prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus. And he is repeating it. He is, you do not understand how important that this is to prophecy what he's saying right here in Matthew chapter 24, okay? This is Jesus. This is not just the words of just anybody. Amen? Amen. This is Jesus himself talking about his return. Amen? He said, if you want to know how close you are to my coming... If you want to know how close you are, if you want to know whether or not you're going to make the cut, if you want to know whether or not I'm coming back, he says, this is my sermon to you personally. 
That's what he said. Listen, guys, you have got to read. I'm going to tell you, I'm coming back. He says, I'm coming back, and this is my sermon to you. you got to know this chapter. Chapter 24 is one of the most important chapters, us as Christians. I am challenging you as a church right now, read Matthew chapter 24, and you need to read the book of Revelation. It will take you about two and a half hours to read the book of Revelation. Pastor Dustin preached on it last week, Revelations 1-3. He says, blessed is he who reads this book and hears it. You don't even got to understand it. It is the only book in the Bible that says you are guaranteed a blessing on your life if you read it. I thought I'd get a louder response than that. It is the only book in the Bible that says you are guaranteed a blessing on your life if you read it. Amen. Read it. Matthew chapter 24. Every Christian ought to know this. That's my challenge to you. Give me two and a half hours this week. My next Sunday. Read chapter 24. And read the book of Revelation. If you'll just read the book. It'll bless you. The book of Revelation. And Jesus' own message. In Matthew 24, 25, and 26. Amen? Amen, Amen church? Amen. I, 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 I know I came back and this ain't one of them... Shout you down, scream, and spit on you messages. I'm sorry. But there's a lot going on in our world. Amen. There's a lot going on. Now listen carefully to what he highlights. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 32. I want you to listen carefully. He says, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Verse 33, so you also, when you see all these things, you know that is near even at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, he is telling you, assuredly, very, verily, anytime he's, he is telling you, I'm assuring you right now. I am assuring you that this generation, this generation that sees the fig tree come back to life, will by no means pass. Y'all got to follow me. He says, this generation that sees the fig tree come to life again. The fig tree, what is that? I'm going to tell you in a minute. He said, assuredly I say to you, this generation will not by no means pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And then he begins to go into the scenario of what we call the rapture. Okay, and he starts talking about the rapture. Um, the apostle Paul called it uh, uh, being called up, being called up, being called away. It is the coming of the Lord. And he says this in verse 36. He says in verse 36, but of the day and the hour, no one knows. Not even my father who is in heaven. No one knows. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of son, the son of man be. Verse 38, for as in the days of Noah before the flood, they were just eating and drinking and marrying. They were just normal days. They were just living their life until the flood came, until Noah entered the ark. Amen? Just living their life until Noah entered the ark, and they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also, so also, so also will be the...
I'm going to tell y'all something. If you got one of these on your pocket or in your, you'll be a trap. <laughs> you know, you hear preachers preaching about this stuff in the 70s and the 80s, and they're, you know, these end time things, and, and they're like probably in their mind thinking, how is all of this going to take place? Do you know there's technology now that can do things that they never thought they could do when they first started preaching this stuff? This, that's not even in my notes. I'm just telling y'all, this is, he says this in verse 36. He says, but of the day and the hour, no one knows, not even angels of heaven, but only my father. And as the days of Noah, he said they were doing everything, daily living. They were eating, drinking, marrying, entering into marriage. They're, they're doing all this. And they did not know until the flood came and take them away. And then he said, so also will it be as the coming of the son of man. And then Jesus starts telling us that not everybody's going to make it. Church. Not everybody's going to make it. Not everybody sitting in this service is going to make it. And as one of your pastors, I feel compelled to tell you that. This is serious. This is serious. Look at verse 40. I got to move on. I got a lot of cover. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken. The other will be left. Two women will be working in the mill. One will be taken. The other will be left. Watch therefore. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Check this out. Listen, but know this, that if the master of the house had known the hour the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have allowed him to enter and break in. Therefore, you also be ready. Be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour. You do not expect. So I want to talk to you for a few minutes about that this morning. I want to talk to you about what's taking place in this prophecy. Amen. Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. And this is why it matters to us because his disciples are coming to him and they start asking him a series of, of questions and, 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 and they said, what's going to be the signs of your coming? Let me tell you all something. I'm not a bad news preacher. I'm not a bad news preacher. I'm not here to bring you bad news. This is good news. This is good news. So you better flip your perception. This is good news. Amen. Come on, y'all. And they begin to ask him all these questions. They said, what's going to be the signs of your coming? What's this going to be? How will we know that we're in the end times? At the end of the world is what they called it. But how are we going to know that we're in the end times? How will we know that? That everything like we know in our world is changing. How are we going to know? And Jesus himself began to tell them that there would be a generation of people. He said there would be a generation of people that would witness a rapid fulfillment of prophecy. Y'all got to follow me. He said there's going to be a generation of people that are going to witness this rapid fulfillment of prophecy. All of them suddenly, they're one after another, one after another, and they begin to take place. They begin to take place. And he said that generation, that generation who witnesses these things will be the generation. He said, I will not tell you the hour. He said, I will not tell you the day. He said, but I'm going to give you the season. You're going to see the season. You're going to see the the things that are going to happen, what I'm talking about. He said, now I'm going to give you, but, but here's, here's what he said. He says, you're going to know the season when you see these signs begin to take place. And I don't want to get rebuked by one of my elders again. Thank you, Steve. 
but I am here to tell you I am not a prophet. <laughs> I, am not, I am not up here trying to tell you a day or a time of anything. Let's make that very clear. I hope and pray that we have generations and generations and generations and generations before Jesus comes back. I want to see my great, 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 great grandkids. But I am up here to share with you what Jesus preached to his disciples about the signs of the times. Amen. That's what I'm here to share with you. I am not up here to pretend that I know what's going on. Amen. I'm here to share with you what Jesus has to say. Matthew chapter 24, verse 5. Verse 5. I told you we'd go back to it. He said, many will come in my name and deceive many. Many are going to come in my name and deceive many. He said, there's going to come false prophets and religious faith leaders. And I used to think that that was like some extreme religious group or some, some far out, you know. But you know what I've come to realize? That I think that I'd also false prophet is the preachers that are behind the pulpits in America today that are watering down the gospel of Jesus Christ and they're not giving you the truth and they got itchy ears and they're just telling you what you want to hear and they are not preparing you for Jesus to come back. This book don't lie. This book don't lie. I think that's a false prophet. People got itchy ears. Pastors ain't preaching about eternity. They're not preaching about getting ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And then he said this. It's so important. He said this in verse 6. And you'll hear of wars. And this is Jesus saying this. This is Jesus. He said, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. And then he said in verse 7, there will be severe racial tension. When he said nation will rise against nation, the word nation in the Greek is ethnos. Ethnos against ethnos. It's ethnic tension against ethnic tension. It's different ethnic groups. It's people rising up. It's causing tension. It's causing wars. And Are y'all following me? In other words, he's saying that ethnic tension is going to get greater and greater among different groups of people. And you're going to see this happening right before your own eyes. Amen. And then he said in verse 7, there's going to be an increase in famine and pestilences or diseases, earthquakes and natural disasters. Jesus predicted all of these things. And then the skeptics step up. And they say there's always been wars. There's always been famines. There's always been diseases. There's always been pestilences and, 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 and all of this. There's always been this, right? But Jesus was saying, see, the skeptics, it's always been this way. But Jesus said this, that these signs will be like birth pains. One person said, yes, I'm glad we are having this service today. <laughs> Jesus said these signs will be like birth pains. It even says that the Apostle Paul even refers to it as birth pains in the book of Romans. Listen to this. As the time gets closer, it's like a mother having a baby. You know, she has, she has a little bit of pain at the beginning, a little uncomfortable. Woo! Okay, maybe a lot. I don't know. I'm up here acting like I've been pregnant. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Play along, please. At the beginning, she has just a little uncomfort. And then a while later, she has a little more discomfort. And then a while later, but the closer she gets to childbirth, come on, y'all. Woo! Woo! Y'all know it. That's all I got. 
All I'm saying is Jesus said it's like birth and pains. The closer you get to the end, the more rapidly these things are happening. Do you see that? Do you see that? He said that's exactly how it will be. He said the generation that will know that I am coming back, he said it won't be one thing and then a long period of time and then another thing. What he said is he said it will be one thing after another, after another, after another. And I'm going to tell you after the pandemic, it sure seems like one thing after another, after another, after. I'm telling you, that was a trial run. It just seems like it's one thing. After another, after another. And Jesus was saying, just like a woman who has pains giving birth, he said, you're going to see it more and more frequently. Are y'all following me? Okay. You're going to be seeing it more and more frequently. You're going to be seeing these signs. And then they're going to be more intense. And then it's going to be more frequent. And then it's going to be more intense. Amen? There's always been wars. There's always been false prophets. There's always been earthquakes. There's always been famines. There's always been diseases and racial, racial. There's always been these things. But he said, when you see these things come again and again and again, one after another, one after another, one after another. Come on, y'all. He said they will be more frequent and they're going to be more intense. Am I the only one that's seeing this? Hey, I'm glad y'all are on my side. Am I the only one that's seeing this in our world? He said they're going to be more intense and more rapid and more rapid. And the signs of the times, listen, he says, this better get your attention. When you're seeing these things, yes, it's always been always. But when you're seeing them more rapidly and more rapid fire, and one after he said, it better get your attention. And if you're listening and you're really leaning in and you're really wanting to be ready, and you're really wanting to be ready. It ought to wake you up to realize that something is going on in our world. Even non-believers, even people who don't believe in Jesus Christ can look back and say, something's going on in our world. Amen. I'm just here to tell you, the signs of the times are all around us. I said it two weeks ago. It's like the signs of the times are in the New York Times. Amen. They're everywhere. Romans 8, 19 says this. Look at this. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing. For the creation. Do you understand what this means? It says for all creation was subjected to futility. It was under the curse. Listen to this. For all creation. Creation is yearning because creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of God. The whole creation groans and yearns for the coming of the Lord. Amen. All of creation groans and travails. The Bible says it's waiting and yearning for the veil of the curse to be broken off of the whole earth. The rocks, the trees, the moon. The moon is still under the veil. Amen. The sun. As beautiful as the sunset is, y'all. It's still ugly. Because we have gotten used to ugly in our society. Can you imagine that? As pretty as the sunset is, as pretty as the oceans are. That's why the Apostle Paul said, when I came down from heaven, he said, no eye has seen and no ear has heard the beautiful sounds that heaven has. Can you imagine a world created by God that is not tainted by the curse of sin? He said, it's beautiful. He said, there's sounds you'll never hear. The ocean full. He said, the wood, the trees, everything. Even the rocks are groaning for the curse to be lifted. 
Amen. Y'all don't get it. I'm working hard, Pastor Dustin. Listen, you got to be ready. You cannot imagine the beauty of a world that is not under the curse of sin. And when Jesus comes back, y'all, amen, you can't imagine it. The flowers, the mountains, beauty that has never been seen before. The Jewish rabbis even teach that when Messiah comes back, even the dirt will glow. Even the dirt will glow. Oh, we got it. All of creation, the Bible says, is yearning for the coming. And when you see storms and you see volcanoes and you see fires and when you see earthquakes, when you see it, listen, it's not even a debatable thing. If you look from 1948, and I'll tell you what's important about that, but if you look from 1948 to now of all the earthquakes and how more rapid they are, there's always been earthquakes, I understand, but if you look, it's not even debatable. Look it up. It's astounding that there are more and more and more and more. Everything that he talked about, everything that Jesus talked about, guys, is happening as we speak. This is real stuff. As we speak, this is happening right now. And then the science, he said, will increase. And here's another one of the signs. He said this in verse 9. Look at this. That in the last days that believers would be persecuted, they would be hated for my name's sake. We're going to see, even in America, we're starting to see it, guys. The stereotyping of Christians. The stereotyping of Christianity. They're hated. Listen, and it seems like we're the blunt of all the jokes it seems like when they show a Christian in a movie that we're the bad guy. It seems like they show the church in a movie and, oh, there's the creepy pastor. who like, and it's a, you, you know what I'm saying? But in reality, when something's going on in this world and something good happens, it's a Christian that's behind it. When in reality, it's the Christians that are giving. It's the Christians that are helping. It's the Christians that are reaching out. We ain't bad. But that's what's going to be portrayed. He said that even Christians will be persecuted. And I'm going to tell you this, guys. We're beginning to see it. Nothing good. Listen, it's like we're seeing. I want to tell you this. You know persecution isn't just the dying and killing for your faith. It's not. It's not that what people suffer on the mission field. But even here in our country, we see incredible things happening to people who stand up for the word of God. We see incredible things happening to people who stand on the foundation of Jesus. People are losing their jobs. People are getting sued. Lawsuits, litigations, lit, Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. They, cut, they, had, they stand on their biblical principles. They don't believe that they should be paying for certain medical practices. They got sued. They were paying a million dollars a week. But praise God, the Supreme Court overruled it and they got it all back. Thank the Lord. But that's persecution. It's persecution. It's what happens. Man, do you understand what I'm saying? Christians are getting persecuted, folks. It's happened. The more you stand for Jesus, the more you're going to get persecuted, and the more wicked and wicked the world gets. Amen. Not here to bring bad news. I'm here to bring good news. Everybody's like, really? 
You've done wasted your whole sermon, pal. I got about 40 minutes left. I'm not here to bring bad news. I'm here to bring you good news, but I'm also here to preach the truth. I'm also here to preach the truth to you and not, listen, I want to tell you this, and don't you ever get talked about? What, don't you ever, like everybody's going to like you, I'm telling you, you better take heed of that. You're going to be persecuted. If you're a Christian, if you stand for these, you're going to be, you're going to be attacked. You're going to be persecuted. Amen? Amen. Amen. And if you just like everybody else, you better check yourself. If you're just like everybody else, you better check yourself. Because this is an hour that when you live godly in Christ, you will suffer persecution, the Bible says. Amen? And then he said this in Matthew 24, 12. Look at this, verse 12. Because of iniquity, because of lawlessness. He said the love of many will grow cold. It's the church. There'd be a great falling away. A falling away from church, a falling away from biblical values, a falling away. He says the love of many will fall away. The love of, of marriage, the falling away from truth, the falling away of believing that marriage is sacred and holy and, and godly. And, and there's just going to be a big, great falling away. Amen. And the love's going to grow cold. Listen to this. Verse 36. He says this, he says, but of the day and hour, no one knows. But then he said in verse 37, he said, if you want to know what it's like, and this is Jesus preaching about the signs of the times, he said, it will be as of the days of Noah, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. He said, on the day I return, it will be just like any ordinary day. It's going to be just like any ordinary day. People just going about their business. And he said, that's exactly how it's going to be when I come back. Amen? Hey, listen to this. He said, I'm on, it's just going to be like any ordinary. For in the days before the flood, they were just eating, drinking, marrying, entering into marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and took them away. And he said, that's exactly how it's going to be. You're just going to be living your life. You're going to be doing everyday, ordinary stuff. They didn't even realize it. Suddenly the flood came and they were left behind. And he says, so shall it be when I come back. The people would just be busy. The people would just be caught up in this world. Amen. They're going to be eating, Amen. drinking, marrying, partying. They're just going to be caught up in this world. And they ain't going to know. They're going to be distracted. They're going to be preoccupied. They're going to be worldly. It's going to be carnal. Do you know that Lifeway Research, look it up. Lifeway Research said that only one-third of the pastors that are preaching in Protestant churches believe in the rapture today and preach about it. Only one-third of the preachers that are preaching in Protestant churches today believe in the rapture and preach about it. Only one-third of the pulpits in our country are preaching that Jesus is coming back. And I don't know why. Amen. Lord, help me to preach my, the truth. Help me to preach the truth. Only one-third of the pulpits are preaching that Jesus is coming back. That is astounding to me. Do you know that every 30 verses in your New Testament... Every 30 verses, one out of every 30 verses says that Jesus is coming back. If you take every verse in the New Testament from Matthew to Revelation and you lay it out on average, one out of every 30 verses says he's coming. Says he's coming. 
get ready. You better be ready. He's coming. Now, I want you to think about this with me for a minute. If you go on a journey and you go on a long journey and we're riding together in a car and every 30 miles there's a sign that says it's coming. Every 30 miles, it's coming. Brother, you're going to be looking for it. You're going to be looking for it. There's a sign that says every 30 miles, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. What are you? He's coming. He's coming. One out of every 30 verses says he's coming. Every time you open your New Testament, it says he's coming. Be ready. Be ready. Hebrews 9, 28 says this. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Without sin unto salvation. That's so important. As one of your pastors, I feel the urge and the need to warn you. I feel the urge and the need to warn you and to proclaim and to compel you to be ready for the coming of the Lord. He's coming. He's coming back. What if he came today? His return is imminent. Do you understand that? What if he came today? What if he showed up? It could happen at any, it could happen at any moment. It could happen before I leave this pulpit. <laughs> it could happen before I leave this pulpit today. This is not a game. This is not something that might happen. Amen. And then Jesus said this, if you really want to know, he said, I'm not going to give you the day. I'm not going to give you the hour. But he said, I'm going to give you important clues. And he said this right here. Listen, he said in Matthew 24, he told him the parable of the fig tree. What is the fig tree? The fig tree is Israel. Who said that? The fig tree is Israel. Praise the Lord. The fig tree is the nation of Israel. The fig tree is when you see the nation of Israel become a nation again and start to produce fruit again and start to live again. Amen. Do you understand that after they were decimated and destroyed and conquered for 1900 years? 1900 years. I'm here to tell you guys, listen, the Jewish people were scattered all over the planet. And then in the 1940s, here comes Hitler and the Nazis. And they went to every place and found all the Jews they could. And they destroyed and decimated them, killing over six million of them. It looked like the nation of Israel. Listen, why are these people so targeted? Because Satan knows that that's where the Messiah is going to come through and put his foot down. Amen. And he says, if I can for generations, this has been going on forever. They were slaves in Egypt. They were slaves in Babylon. They were killed in the Holocaust because Satan knows if I can take this out because this is where Messiah is coming. If I can destroy these people in this nation. That's why it's important. Listen, they had never been back in their homeland for 1900 years. And after World War II had ended, after the Holocaust had ended, the United Nations felt so sorry for them that they voted. And in one day, and in one day, a nation was born. And it's amazing how it happened. you got to look it up. It's amazing. We don't have time to talk about it. 
you got to look it up. It's amazing. And one day, fulfilling the prophecy, listen, in Isaiah 66, verse 8, who has heard such a thing, who has seen such things, shall the earth be made to give birth in one day, huh? Or shall a nation be born in one day? And that happened in 1948. Amen. You got to follow me here, guys. Listen, I'm almost done. Here's my point. We're running out of time. Here's my point. And I can't let this go. I've got a few minutes left, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Here's why I'm preaching this. Here's why I'm saying this to you guys. This is huge. In AD 70, AD 70, Jerusalem is destroyed. 1900 years, the people never come back to the land. They never come back to the land, but in 1948, Jesus said there will be a generation. Help me preach this. There will be a generation that will see the fig tree come alive and reproduce fruit. He said, now I want to I, I ask you a question. Who in here was born in 1948? Raise your hands high. Come on. Who in here was born in 1948? Who, or who was born around 1948? In the year 19, I'm not saying in 1948. Who was born? Okay, raise them high. No, nope, raise them high so we can see them. I'm up there. No, we're born in 1948. Okay. Now listen. Take a look around. Keep them up. Raise them back, raise them back up. Take a look around. Okay, okay. They're thinning out. They're thinning out, ladies and gentlemen. They're thinning out, okay? Guess what? This is the generation. This is the generation. But never in the history can I tell you, you talk about prophecy. Listen, Jesus said in verse 34, he said, Assuredly, I am assuring you that I'm assuring you that I know I'm assuredly telling you that this generation will not pass. This generation will not pass. Amen. Whoever is alive in that generation. And it happened at the United Nations. In 1948, Israel became a nation. They were given the land and the Jews who had been decimated by the Holocaust. They had lost all their money. They had lost their homes. They had lost their businesses. They had lost their families. And they had lost everything. They were scattered. They were scattered. And something yearned for them to go back to Israel. Something burned in them. Because we don't have anywhere else to go the way we've been treated and the way we've been slaughtered. Do you see this? Do you see this? Do you see they're coming back? They're coming back. And God said in Isaiah, he said, I'll make the north spill them up. He said, I'll make the south give them up. I'll make the east and the west give them up. And they're all coming back. Do you understand what's happening right now? This is the fulfillment of prophecy. He said the north and the south and the east and the west. He said, I'll make them all, give them up. And they're all coming back. Do you see that? Listen, they're coming from all over. When did that happen? In this generation. In this generation that we're still alive in. You know, um, where's Brad? Will you text him? Tell him we'll meet a minute later. I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. I love him. 
I love him so much. I can't let this go. I got a few more minutes. Did you know the Bible says in Psalms 90 verse 10 that a generation is basically 70 years? Listen, the days of our lives. Now, don't let this depress you. Don't let this depress you. This is just how it is. Okay, this is just how it is. Don't let this depress you. But he says this right here. He says that the days of our lives as are 70 years. And now there's a reason of strength, which praise the Lord, we need that. Amen? Come on, which by strength. But listen, he said the days of your lives are 70 years. That's a generation. It's a generation. And if by reason of strength, you can have 80. What he's trying to say here, guys, is you might have 80, but what's going to happen is you're still going to get old, you're still going to die away, and you still be cut off and fly away. That's what he's saying. But, so, so what he's saying here, basically, what you can count on is 70 years. Amen. If we're lucky, that's what we would say. And if I strength 80, well, listen, what, what, what I'm trying to preach to you, glory to God. Amen. Amen. I'm almost done. Y'all hang on with me. People are fading out. And they're going home to be with the Lord. Amen. They're going home to be with the Lord. But he said, that generation will by no means completely pass away. They're thinning out, y'all. And I'm not preaching the hour. I'm not a prophet. I'm not preaching the day. I'm preaching, I'm preaching Jesus' message. That's what I'm preaching. This is Jesus' sermon. It's not mine. Amen. I am not telling you a day, a time, and none of that. I'm telling you what Jesus said. This is his sermon. How close are we? How soon could Jesus return? I mean, I mean, listen, in seven years, we could be in the millennium if Jesus came back today. Amen? And Jesus said, you better be ready. You better be ready. There will be a generation that will witness the coming of Jesus. And he said that generation that sees the nation of Israel raise back up and start producing fruit and start being a country again and start living and thriving. He says that generation will not pass away until I come back. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. My point is simply this. Israel became a nation May the 14th of 1948. Then something interesting happened. Back in 2018, the president moved the American embassy back to Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Israel. Amen. Every president said it should be done, but none of them would do it. Amen. It's done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Can I say this? What do we know? What do we know for sure about prophecy? What's going to happen? The rapture. We know that's going to happen. It has been prophesied. That's what we know. The rapture is going to happen. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17. It says, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. He's going to shout! <laughs> the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout. And then there's going to be a voice. It's the voice of an archangel. It's going to be Michael, the warrior. He'll assemble all of the angels around us. And they'll stand as guardians. Because Jesus at the rapture will not come back to earth 
Jesus, don't come back to earth. The angels are going to stand to protect and escort us. <sighs> suddenly, suddenly something's going to happen. The Bible says the trump of God will sound. Look, look at it. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. When Jesus comes, he's going to be bringing the spirits of all those who died with him. Come on, somebody. Look at this. Look at this. And then the first reunion is going to happen. There's going to be three reunions. Listen here. There's going to be three. The first reunion is going to happen. The first reunion will be when the spirit of those who have died came back with Jesus. And he says the trump of God will sound. And then those who are dead in Christ will be raised up first. And he says they're going to meet their spirit. And listen, they're going to come up with a resurrected body. It's going to be a body like Jesus. It's going to be a perfect body. Amen going to come up out of the grave. The first reunion, they're going to meet their spirit. Amen. Come on, y'all. Amen. The dead in Christ will rise first. First reunion happens. You know, I think about it. The spirit of those who died in Christ first. My grandparents, your parents, your children, your family, your friends. I can see the faces of the funerals I've done. I can see the people. Listen to me. That spirit will reunite with the body. And then the body's going to come up out of the grave and it's going to, like I said, it's going to be that resurrection body. And then listen, there's going to be a second reunion, verse 17. Look at this. Look at this. It says, then the righteous dead who have been resurrected in their bodies, they meet their spirit, boom, they come up. And then it says, we're going to be caught together with the ones who have been raptured, us who are still living. And then we're going to be caught up together with them in there. That's the second reunion, amen. And then suddenly, the dead will be alive. Woo! This is good news. And we're going to be reunited with them in midair. Amen. And praise God. Then the final reunion. And so they shall forever be with the Lord. The final reunion. Amen. And so they for shall ever be with the Lord. We're going to see him in the clouds face to face, guys, and we're going to be reunited with him forever. What do we know for sure? That's going to happen. That's going to happen. And by the way, there's already been four raptures. Enoch walked with God and was not, and the Lord took him. Elijah never died. A, a, a fiery chariot come from heaven and picked him up and took him home. Come on, Jesus in Acts chapter 1 rode a cloudy elevator straight to heaven. Amen. The apostle Paul said, I was caught up into the third heaven. He said, I didn't even want to come back. He said, they kicked me out. They made me. There's been four raptures already. There's two more. There's two more. One's going to happen during the great tribulation when they slay the two prophets. Read it. Read Revelations 11. They're going to slay the two prophets. Everybody's going to be watching live. Fox, CNN, all this stuff. They said it's going to be broadcast all over the world. We didn't know 80 years ago. But now we see how it's going to happen. Read Revelations 11. Everybody's going to be watching live. The two prophets are going to get resurrected. They're going to be brought up from the dead. They're going to get 144,000 converts with them instantly. And then the Bible says, they're going straight to heaven. Amen. But before that happens, you and I, amen, this is the good news. Just some old ordinary day. And here's what I want to preach to you this morning. 
Because Jesus comes out of Matthew chapter 24, and he goes immediately into chapter 25. What is Matthew chapter 25? It's the story of the ten virgins. It's the parable of the ten virgins. Jesus taught it. And he said, if you want to know what my coming is going to be like, when the bridegroom comes, all of them knew he was coming. All ten of them knew he was coming. But only 50% of them was ready. Amen. One of you got that. I'm proud of you. He goes immediately out of 24 into 25. They all knew he was coming, but only 50% of them were ready and 50% of them were not for the coming of the bridegroom. Look at Matthew 25, verse 6 right here. He said this. He said, at midnight, in an hour, you ain't expecting it. He says, at midnight, I'm coming. And I'm telling you that what I'm preaching to you is that we are seeing a fulfillment of prophecy that is astounding right in front of our eyes. They've been preaching about this stuff for years. And when they were, we were living with an expectancy. Amen? We were waiting on Jesus to come back. But now nobody's really looking for Jesus to come. Nobody really believes this stuff. For most of you, this sermon won't even get past the parking lot. For most of you, this won't even make it past the parking lot. We really don't believe he's coming back. But you must understand that there's more prophecies about his second coming than there was his first. Amen. Amen. The rapture is not the second coming. The rapture is the rapture. It's the catching away of the church. And immediately when that happens, we go into the great tribulation. We don't. They do. Glory to God. Immediately when the rapture happens, they go into the great tribulation. We'll be in heaven at a rewards banquet called the marriage supper of the Lamb. Praise the Lord. That's where we're going to be at. That's where we're going to be at. And the world will go into chaos. America will go into chaos. You're going to get exactly what you wanted. There ain't going to be no churches. There ain't going to be no pastors preaching the truth. Y'all going to have every way you wanted in this country. It's going to be chaos. Imagine this with me. That's when the Antichrist will step out. That's when he will create one currency. We're already seeing it. You can't even go to football stadiums with cash. You can't even go to Cedar Point with cash. Everything is one. We're already seeing it. One government and one faith. And I believe it will be the Muslim faith that will be enforced on this world. Just like what we're seeing happening right now. You either convert and you take the mark. If you are a Christian or a Jew, you will be slaughtered. We're seeing it happen right now. Preachers have been preaching this stuff for years, and here we are. We're seeing it, and it's happening rapid fire. Boom, 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 guys. You better pay attention, and you better get ready. There's going to be a generation. Listen, Jesus said, I ain't coming back when they're expecting it. But there's going to be a generation that's going to see the tree come back to life. <laughs> 